0: one
1: Jacob Murphy to win it Oh, no, just put no, no, it in net no. And how do you put statistics on this, Phil? Oh, Levitated by the human touch Antonio's galloping forward, here's the pass Antonio's true chance of four, what a goal! What a brilliant shot by Michaela! As we come to the end of the year, there's never a better time for bonus content. When the new year comes, so do the year-in-review segments. So for us, we've had a quick look back on the success that 2021 has undeniably been for West Ham. We started our discussion on 2021 by looking at the changing atmosphere at the London Stadium. Is it been a year where the stadium has felt more like West Ham Stadium than ever before? Is it is success, success, breeds happiness... I suppose they're cornered off the corners. It's hard to it's hard to judge the impact of that because we keep winnings. You can't look at the uh, the gap in between. But certainly <laughs> when you've gone, Cal, and when well, you've both gone, Jack, I mean, as well, both of you to jump in on this, it, it feels more like ours, Cal.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm probably not the best person to come to on this just because my... Moved, well, my return to London uh, only happened in June, and I'd spent the past six years living up north. So I very rarely would make it down to the London Stadium and would just get my West Ham fixed by going to as many Northwestern away days as I could possibly get tickets for. Um, but when I have been there, uh, it has felt really positive. Um, and I guess, like you say, it does come with the results, but. Obviously, it comes with like, you're going to be happy if you're winning. But there, my understanding from speaking to family members who had been and stuff was the toxicity, whether it was directed towards the playing squad or directed towards the board, um, was very present on match days in seasons gone by. Whereas when I've been, um, I've been to all the Europa games, this season, a season, few league games, um, I haven't heard any, any mutterings of that. And that's uh, some of those games that have been like, negative performances as well. The, the Southampton game, for example, was perhaps one of our worst games of the season. And and even then, it was still on my way back um, to the train, people were still talking really positively, looking forward to what else could happen this season and, and what a great time it's been and how much they've enjoyed going to watch Europe and stuff. And uh, yeah, it feels like a really good place to be.
1: Like you, you go go a lot and you're, you're in with the away fans a lot as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of the atmosphere... What, what, are you, what are you taking from it?
2: It's been the, the, the most positive atmosphere around West Ham in a very, very long time. The last time it was this good was, um, well, a very long time in my lifespan, but obviously not <laughs> in a broader sense. But 15-16 was excellent. Um, and, and, and this season's uh, been excellent too. And I think partly, yeah, the, su- the success helps an awful lot. I think the adaptations with the stadium have been positive. I think they took far too long. Um, but some of the adaptations have, have really, really helped. Um, mm-hmm. I also think the, the break, the fact that we couldn't go. Uh, yeah,
1: I was going to say, do you think it's that feeling of missing it has made people appreciate just being at the football mall?
2: I think that's really important. I think, you know, there was a there was a period, obviously, where we just transitioned from a stadium where we, we all really loved it. Um, and West Ham, you know, we weren't great really there we were never a, 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 a remarkably strong uh team certainly not in the in the premier league era um but we loved it and 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 i loved it i had a great time um going and i think in large part that was down to the relationships that you built around it the community that you felt you you were a part of the fact that every week i'd go in and have a chat with um with my dad with the stewards on on the turnstile uh, uh, and find out about how they were doing talk about family and and then go up to my seat and people who i sat around i sat around my whole life and had seen me you know start going as a five-year-old and then you know at the point i'm 15 16 i'm chatting to people who who i've known for for virtually my whole life and, and, and seen every other um weekend and and that's that's a huge part of why it was such an enjoyable experience um and then transitioning it into a stadium that didn't ha uh, didn't have a community built around it didn't have the same kind of relationships that you, you can't even build those relationships at the new stadium you've got um, private security that, that 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 that's um contracted out that changes every week so you've got a different steward every week you've got different vendors every week in terms of even the people who are um if you're if you're going to get a pint at half time, the person who's pouring a pint is a different person every week. So you, you've got no way to develop relationships around the game. Um and, and 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 severing all of those closely built relationships in terms of where people sat and who sat around them and whether you stood or whether you were a noisy section or whether you sat, whether it was family you know, all of these things um, were, were were hugely impacted by the move. And then I think um it was always bound to be really really challenging and then the break allows everyone a little bit of reflection to be able to say um i just want to go back to the football i just want to go and watch west ham and um and being able to do that again is a big part of it the fact that we're playing very well is a big part of it the fact that generally the 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 changes behind the scenes at the club have, have been positive over the last 18 months so people can see some progress um in terms of backroom staff um and also time time to develop those new relationships with people who you sit around now time to 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 get to know people over the course of a few years and um and you know whereas before i might not have been chatting to people about how how family is how christmas was and, and and all of that stuff now I am now i'm going to the game and i'm shaking everyone's hand and I'm chatting to everyone about how they're doing and and those relationships have have grown over the last few years so it's a, it's a it's a much 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 more positive place to be
1: I suppose it's, it's it's worth mentioning that some of those issues that were there that have faded a little bit will are likely to come back in time because familiarity and and your kind of acceptance of it being a new and exciting thing again will will go and people will get back to their messages. but it is moves in the right direction, i guess. There's the outside of the stadium, which has got slightly better, but still doesn't is is nothing compared to what it was. And there's no.
2: There are key problems. It's it's not a football stadium. It never will be a football stadium. It's not in in the local community, and it never will be. Um, it's 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 in a shithole. When you lose three 0 and you go back over to Putting Mill Lane, you do have to cross the Greenway and be surrounded by the main sewerage line from North London and all of Spurs' shit. So you know. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's always going to be a somewhat depressing experience on, on negative match days. That's just in its nature. It's what it is, but we're locked in there now and um, and we have to find a way of making it our own. Um, and I think, I think we're doing that. I think we're starting to do that. I think there has to be a process of acceptance and then there has to be a, a process of developing um, a, a new and positive atmosphere there. And, and, and I don't really give a shit whether that comes through success or not. I I, I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to, to kind of defend this, this, this idea that you will get in the media that is like, just because you're playing well, now it's all all right. Now you don't have a problem with the stadium. Who cares what the reason is? All I want is to go and watch West Ham and enjoy myself. And if I can do that because we're playing well and that develops relationships around me and that means I can go and enjoy the stadium, then great. I'll take that.
1: In terms of, the kind of thing that it makes you feel close to West Ham, there, there's the camaraderie, there is what West Ham is, and there's also the academy, and this has been a really good year yeah. for the academy, and our success has come with a lot of homegrown players, Cal, I think that's, who we were totting up, how many did we end up totting up, is that 12 or 11 used from the academy just this season?
0: 11, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 11, uh, and yeah, it's great to see it. it's kind of, uh, as Jack said growing up as a West Ham fan at Upton Park um, it was always especially as a young fan it was always really exciting to see those young players um, come in and uh <laughs> these these huge dreams of one day doing it when I was a young kid <laughs> and then realising yeah. very quickly that I was not uh, anywhere near gifted at football. And then uh, I'll never forget the day I told my dad I wanted to quit Sunday League to go to drama school and the uh, look on his face was brilliant, but he supported <laughs> me nonetheless. And I do have the voice of an angel, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, That's it's, it's really fun. Today is... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. It's great to see... Um, And yeah, it's kind of the ethos of West Ham that I think had maybe disappeared a little bit in in recent years. Obviously, Rice coming through, but there was a bit of a barren spell. And um, to see Moyes really understanding what West Ham fans want to see and and giving people the opportunities uh, when they can is really promising. And I think, yeah, it's really great to see in terms of a sustainability point of view. Like that's how every good club should be run on that model of of con- consistently bedding uh, homegrown players into your squad is it, really good. Um, and also just from a personal level of great I remember being at the game when I think Reece Oxford signed his professional contract on the pitch at half-time and, and just that sort of stuff like coming through. And I think there was another player who I, I can't actually remember who it was that, that did the same thing on the same day. Um, but yeah, just that sort of stuff, returning in, in, into being well hopefully it continues but being more of a normal thing rather than the exception which was rice he was the exception in a spell where there wasn't really much coming out of the academy and now it seems to be that we've developed quite a good production line again and and hopefully that will continue and also come with fingers crossed some investment into the academy as well in terms of facilities and stuff because whilst it's nice to see players coming through we should be doing everything we can to to make sure that their development is as good as it can be. And at the moment, the facilities perhaps aren't up to scratch for a team, especially not for a team that wants to be a top six contender. Um, but who knows? Uh, that's It starts to sound negative, but it really shouldn't be. I think, yeah, really proud of, of what, what has happened this year in terms of the academy.
1: I think the, the it's a really important point about what you see as a youngster when you're doing it. So my... I have a mass, I have memories of Joe Cole coming through, and you, there becomes a buzz around the club when there's talents. And that was, you know, that was an era where you had, within a a close stretch of time, Lampard, Ferdinand, Carrick, Cole, and others. I mean, eventually, Glenn Johnson as well. Um, I will always remember the player who I thought was going to be the, uh, other than Cole, who I adored from the second I first saw him as a child, Adam Newton burst on the scene. And you, it's a name you probably won't know because he didn't. Nothing happened, but he played a few games. I don't know if I saw him play a right wing back role or whatever right wing. I was convinced that this kid had it. It was going to be mustard. <laughs> it was going to be. It just it just didn't happen. But it it means something. It does. It does. It gives oh, yeah. excitement. You, I now pay much more attention to academy results than I have maybe in the last ten years because you just didn't yeah. feel the buzz of something going on. And also there's a pride in having what are two very good you know, under-21s, under-23s, under-20s, et cetera, whatever teams at the moment who are winning games. And you start to mm-hmm. hope that – I mean, it's of the, the ones that have come through, you could, it, it may be that only one or two ever really established themselves as West Ham first-team players. And, but before that, it was a case of Noble and Tompkins. And when oh, Tompkins yeah. had gone, it was, it was Noble. And it was an aging noble who was really the only one. And even Rice coming in, the very, there is that fear. And there's, you know, maybe a realism that Rice will could or will go eventually. And it was still just noble. And now yeah. Johnson's come through and made an impact on the first team. And these youngsters have mixed it in and around. And we had that brilliant game in in the Europa where there was seven academy debuts against Dinamo, which is, you know, it it was a loss. It was it was whatever. And I'm not expecting two three years time those seven players or whatever to be you know flooding the first team but one or two might and one or two the chance to to get that experience as well because of the strength of our academy and because of the strength of what we're doing might that that experience might mean a lot to helping them have that impact whereas you you couldn't take risks with success and there's a certain level of success that allows you to take risks on those younger players and and even it's not risk, just five, 10 minutes here or there making match day squads. We've had, I mean, Okaflex is not, certainly not one we've, we've had through every stage of the academy, but he's a young player we've had on the bench recently. Perkins has been there. Alicia and Baptiste are making benches at the moment. And it, it is exciting for kids. It, it yeah. may feel very, very teacher saying this, but it's really, it really is exciting for your five six seven eight nine ten 10 year olds who play football at the park or play football for little teams, watching young players. It, it evokes something. It probably evokes something in the older men that I've yet to... I'm, I'm putting myself yet not at that age to see. But it probably does for them <laughs> and their kids as well. I know Chalks, you see on Isaac about his young lads playing at a decent level, he's played FA Cup games, is getting signed on. And I'd imagine there's something about watching the young players at West Ham. There's a dream for his lad in different ways and it must be really encouraging as well. And it's, a, it's positivity. And it is a club that felt... I mean, for the last few years, positivity before before the Moiseyev, even even the positivity of the Upton Park was tinged with some level of regret. It was almost a, it was an old fashioned, mad bastard West Ham positivity where something awful was happening and we were finding yeah. a gallows humour and a coming together about it. Um, but this is genuine positivity that's kind of it's it's coming on the pitch and it's coming through the academy and it's making West Ham much more enjoyable. Um, I suppose, again, we've talked about a performance and the fact that we've had a good year. It's, but it's, the raising expectations is interesting, isn't it, with this year? It's suddenly now we've lost a couple of games and people are almost angry we might finish seventh. And that <laughs> is a sentence that feels bizarre. Of two years ago when David Moyes came in, it's two years this, this month. It's around two years now, in fact. Yeah. You kind of finishing seventeenth was fine, really to some extent. um And now you're going to games, and you're saying, Jack, as you analyse things, you're you're able to analyse it in a way that isn't painful, and is actually, I don't know, there's something about it that's enjoyable because you're looking at what we can do, and really before it was just about what we should stop doing. I guess,
2: yeah. Yeah yeah exactly. Um no I, there's just so many positive things happening on the pitch um at the moment. That I, I, I there's no way I'd be able to fit them into the segment but the but the 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 amount of talent that there is in the squad and the way it's being used um and the fact that we're squeezing in terms of uh, results much more out out of this squad than than I think um you'd expect really um is is massively impressive and something that has you know seems relatively simple as a as a as a thing to want as a fan of a club but it's an incredibly hard thing to come by. It's an incredibly difficult thing to come by to 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 consistently be able to get more out of a squad than than it is able to perform really on paper in the league. You know, on paper we're somewhere in the middle of the table uh, with our with our squad and um and, and consistently, we're punching above our own weight in terms of where we are in the league, and and that's that's the the key to, to making your fan base happy. And um, and Moy seems to have have, have got it, um, and 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 seems to be able to hold on to it as well. Which is the is the real key thing. Is that it's not something that we saw for six months. It's something that we have seen throughout the whole of this year.
1: It's, it's I guess that's another. I almost we, I think we we're, we're quite a good a good story at the moment we're the we're the underdogs breaking breaking into the top six doing things punching faces blooding noses the good thing is we're doing it we're doing it the right <laughs> way we're blood, blood, noses. It. well yeah quite quite literally at times <laughs> just just for fun if you crave <laughs> just i'm bored it's a 70th minute hello um but it's 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 we're not doing it by being cash rich or we're not doing it it almost, it's like a glamour. We've got David Moyes, a redemption story, Callum, as a manager who was written off, failed, failed at a few places, three places in a row, I'd guess. Um, players like Jared Bowen, public for who run their bollocks off every game. <laughs> it's everything you want to see, isn't it?
0: Yeah, man, everybody loves an underdog is, is how it goes, isn't it? And I think, my experience now is that everyone loves to be an underdog as well i love it i love i love hearing people write us off and consistently proving them wrong uh, it's great it's great to see i think you're right to pick up on moise he's almost the perfect manager not just tactically in the sense of he's come in and got the best out of us but the perfect manager to suit the narrative of of our overperformance in inverted commas um because he was the one that was was written off um and like you say i think 3 3 failed uh, jobs previously arguably all of which were probably doomed to failure before he even arrived I mean the Man United job was going to be an impossible task for anyone um, Sunderland was an absolute poison chalice because of the state they're in and you only have to look at where they are now x amount of years later uh, to, to understand that and then I mean if you send a Scottish bloke that can't speak Spanish to Sociedad then what do you expect like it's, it's not going to do well um, so yeah it's it's really nice uh, to, for us to have him and be succeeding under him but I also am really enjoying the fact that he's been able to prove himself as a manager again at our club
1: in terms of your, your area of expertise I go on this Cal um, there's a difference in recruitment as well there's been a, a difference in attitude a different in how we're recruiting uh, another positive for the year
0: yeah I think one of my big positives of the year, uh, and we've probably yet to see how it actually fares, but just to do it anyway, is bringing in someone like Rob Newman and sort of um, handing over control uh, of recruitment to an actual expert in recruitment with a proven track record in the Premier League um, rather than days of old where Sullivan would be bringing in random players who the managers haven't even said they were interested in. Um, So yeah, I'm Particularly excited looking forward for the next two windows and seeing what fruit that that move bears. Um but yeah, that you only have to look at some of the players we've brought in um even before his arrival and sort of the way we're going about it. We're doing things smart, we're doing things I don't want to say on the cheap, because it's not just a case of oh, they're cheap, let's get them, but it's it is smart recruitment in terms of getting the best value um that we can and getting a quality player in return. Um, I suppose perhaps not 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 the best example on recent performances but Craig Dawson someone who everyone had turned their noses up at and said he was rubbish and we got him on the cheap, and he's come in and been absolutely serviceable in terms of the outlay and the level that we've got out of him it's a smart it's a smart move I think it's hard to hard to disagree with that someone like Vlasic all right he's probably yet to prove it yet but we're starting to see the signs of a real player in there and that's probably someone who a lot of clubs maybe would have not bothered to look at because of a failed failed stint at Everton um, and had supposedly shown that he couldn't do it in the Prem and, and we've presumably put in a lot of scouting um, and we know that Moyes signs off on every arrival now and sometimes that's annoying because it means that stuff takes really long to get done but I think his track record has allowed him to like I'm not going to give him any grief for that because he's. It Pledges itself to sustainability, right. doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm, I, I, I. So many people complain about this, but
2: I think it's the best thing that's happened to West Ham, I, and I, I, I won't stop saying that. I understand that it frustrates people that it takes time for us to do deals now, and that sometimes we go through windows, not really investing as much as we, perhaps should. But the important thing when you're operating on a on a small smaller budget than the teams around you is not to invest in duds. That is so so crucial, um, mm-hmm. and it takes you such a long time to recover when you do. Um, so, not doing that is for me a, a massive massive plus. And, and just just very briefly on on that sort of what we should do thing, I felt in past years that recruitment was often guided by that, the perception of what we should do. Should we bring in a big name? Should we bring in? Should we spend big money on one big player uh, to to re-energize the place? No, spend three million on a Craig Dawson. Spend five million on a Vladimir Sufar. That's how you re-energize the place. It shouldn't be yeah. driven by fans' hunger for big transfers. This has become such a, such a huge thing in the modern game now. Everyone goes crazy for the transfer windows and everyone goes crazy for big
1: it's money. engagement, mate man United's social media numbers are are the best in the world
2: exactly and people love it people absolutely go crazy for it and we have all these conversations about the amount of money in football uh, and the damage in in many ways that the amount of money in football does um and and where investment is coming from and all these things we have all these very erudite conversations about um about that and at the same time, we still go crazy when we, when our club signs someone for 30 million, 40 million, 50 million quid. And, and for, for, for Man United, that's all well and good. I mean, it clearly isn't even for Man United, but you know, if you've got the money to be able to spend and just burn it on, on, on players consistently driving engagement, like you say, Chris, and, and people going wild over the club and over the squad. And, you know, apparently Edward thinks he's left that squad in a good place. At West Ham, you can't afford to do that. You just mm. cannot afford to do that. I frankly do not care if everyone ends January extremely pissed off because we haven't signed a big name. If we sign one or two players for for, for very little that, that develop the squad, that's what it's about. Um, and that's about how you sustainably,
0: su- sustainably develop into a, into a top-half football team in the Premier League. Yeah, I think on sustainability as well, sorry, Chris. Um, it kind of links back to the academy stuff we've said as well. Um, transfers that I probably we wouldn't have made previously, but taking chances on low-risk options like Nevers and Aquaflex, yeah. and bringing them in and just saying, you know what, maybe it doesn't work, but we're yeah. going to add some quality to the under-23s. And it also links back to that excitement about the academy. We've strengthened our under-23 squad uh, to a point where they're now performing as one of the best academies in the country and there is now a buzz again about the academy which didn't exist before because we weren't playing well and we've developed a squad by not only homegrown players that have been at the club since the age of 12 but picking up players who have deemed to be not good enough for for other clubs and saying you know what come to West Ham we'll give you a chance we'll coach the shit out of you and you'll, you'll find your feet again and, and it's great and it's kind of linked to the Moyes thing as well. Like everyone had given up on Moyes, and we said, "No, come here, prove yourself again." And I think that's a really positive, like, thing to have around the whole club whether it 's at youth level whether it's in the squad whether it's uh, at, at a manager level it's, it's just really good and having a competitive, yeah. having a competitive youth team is, is is
2: massively helpful. rice and Johnson came through I 'm not going to say it's because that they were they were in a competitive youth team, but they won the FA youth Cup right yeah. um, and and having success at youth level like that really really aids development massively so mm-hmm. So even if you know, Nevers doesn't make it, even if Okaflex doesn't make it, bringing in players that can really help you at that level and, and push you to the top of the table and, and allow you to compete across tournaments at an under-23 yeah. level means that someone else might.
1: Yeah, it, it's, if you, you bring in even if they're ones who are very good for their age, who might not develop, it's lifting the levels of the ones who are. Exactly. Also, what you need to be doing as an academy is showing that you're a pathway not just to West Ham, but to being a professional footballer. And yeah. if you can at least point to those players and go, look, they didn't play for us. But Nathan Holland, I don't really see as being a West Ham player.
2: Tony but, Martinez.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's got a good career. I mean, Nathan Holland will make a good championship player at the very least, possibly along along the lines, get up there. You don't know, but it is... Reese
2: Burke recently as well. Advertisement,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's basically advertised. Look what we've done for these, even if they didn't make it. We made sure they mm-hmm. had careers. I guess another thing Moyes has done as well is he's mixed good experience. I think... We've, you were talking about play, low risk players, Lingard. It's, it's hard to talk about 2021 and not talk about Jesse Lingard. He's a player we took a risk on, who maybe even if he never comes back in the short term, he did something that helps the long term development of Ben Rama because of the pressures taken off there. And it's just people like Craig Dawson, 30s, but helps helps you fill a gap while you're looking to develop other players. And I think that is something that Moyes has been really good at mix making sure there's a mix of character. The character in the team feels like it's right as well. I don't yeah. really ever feel character was part of... The, I, I, no, I've defended other managers. I don't feel like character was taken into account much in recruitment in years oh. gone by. I mean, Demi, Demi Pyatt, as, as great a player as I'll ever watch at West Ham, I doubt Moyes would take a risk on Payet. No, he wouldn't. Because there was no real surprise that, oh, I'm, I'm quite good, I might leave. I just... Allaire po- possibly... Bit harsh, Alè. Sometimes he's gone on to prove he's a very good player, but Moyes would have taken longer and gone. He's a very good player. He's not going to suit us, and that is something that's happened. I guess then you look at we're talking about recruitment and we're talking about f- the positives of the future. Kratinsky and his investment, which is a great way for us to end twenty twenty one, because a lot of the negativity had come from those before him, Jack.
2: Um, it's, 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 it's probably the best way to look forward to, to 2022 is, is Rob Newman and, and, and Daniel Kratinski are the two really big, um, things to happen really in the last year in terms of the, the overall progression of the football club. Um, you know, I saw a lot of, uh, uh, Czech figures, um, in the UK tweeting about three Czech players playing um, in the Premier League for the first time ever for the same team. Um, um, we might make that four next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. With, with um, Kratinsky coming in, there's a, uh, we don't yet know. Um, yeah. About um, his track record in terms, uh, well, we know about his track record in terms of Sparta and it's not positive, but we know about his track record outside of that. And that, that, that is positive. Yeah. Um, and and we also know about Sullivan, I know that that's been terrible. Um, so added investment is a huge positive. Um, the fact that Sullivan and Gold are willing to dilute their own shares is a is a massive, massive positive for the club going forward. Um and frankly, with Newman involved, with Moyes involved at the moment, and uh with Sullivan taking a step back from recruitment, added investment, even if it doesn't become a majority share, is a huge huge positive anyway. Um because it allows more money for a more developed re- recruitment staff um, to to go out and identify targets, um, and give us a chance to to properly develop in, in the coming years.
1: And if any development that moves us away from the Gold Sullivan, and lesser extent Brady era, to anything else is going to be good news. It's going. Kratinsky may not work out to be the uh, knight in shining armor that people think he is, but it will take a long time to feel that way because it won't be those free leeches that ties in really to what is many things to look forward to about the new year i think for many that'll be a gsb free west ham Kratinsky and the potential for what that might be for the club and also for those of us who would look and say we've had one good year we can't follow it with another i mean you'd have said that about 2020 and it's only gone from strength to strength in 2021 so here's to more of the same really um Thank you for listening to our Year in View. Happy New Year, as I believe this has come out on New Year's Day. And we look forward to you listening again for the rest of 2022 and beyond, one hopes.
2: Right, so we're here in the offices of A Late Late Show with the host of A Late Late Show, James Corden. Hi. Big West Ham fan.
0: Yes. I'm big knees up Mother Brown, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm regularly on the general discussion page. Someone's got some information, so I love it,
2: yeah. yeah. It's great. Yes, it's excitement exciting. surrounded by imminent disappointment. <laughs> that's what it that's what it mostly is. Get on the forum at kumb.com. Come on you irons.